0: Uh, chapter 14, verses 20 through, 23 through 26. And then we'll go to the second scripture. And it says in this uh, scripture, If therefore the whole church be come together into one place, and all speak with tongues, and there come in those that are unlearned, or unbelievers, will then not say that ye are that? But if all prophecy and there come in one that believeth not, Or one unlearned, he is convinced of all; he is judged of all. And thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. And so, falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. How is it then, brethren, when ye come together? Every one of you hath a sign, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, have a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. And then our second reading is going to be from the Old Testament. And it's the book of Joshua, chapter 4, 1 through 9. And it says, and I'm coming from the King James Bible. It says, and it comes to pass when all the people were clean, passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man, and command ye them, saying, Take ye hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men, whom he had prepared of the children of Israel, out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan and take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder according unto the number of tribes of the children of Israel. That this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant, of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan, as the Lord spake unto Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priest, which bear the ark of the covenant, stood, and they are there unto this day. Praise God for those readings. So when I was doing my uh, thought process with God this week about what the right was Memorial Day. Check your is Facebook, see if you can hear the again. thing. I wanted to make this remembering our edifying? And on Monday, May 29th of this year, 2023, will be the holiday that we know as Memorial Day. And it's what they call the unofficial start of summer. Huh? Where everyone goes to cookouts and watch Miss fireworks, Stacey, Mr. Mark. parades. But my question is how many of us remember our fallen heroes. If it were not for our men and women of our armed forces, just think about that. We might not be able to celebrate these functions and have the freedoms that we have in the United States of America. Just like our sinful world has forgotten Christ, so do we forget our men and women who paid the ultimate price. And that is the purpose of today is to remember our fallen and to thank the ones who have come home and survived and give back to our veterans. You know, I I was reading a story in the later years of his life. There was a great 19th century philosopher. His name was Ralph Waldo Emerson. And he suffered from an increasingly faulty memory. When things would slip his mind, he complained of his naughty memory as he called it. And sometimes Emerson would forget the names of different objects. And in order to speak of them, he would refer to them in a roundabout way. For instance, when he could not think of the word plow, he would call it the implement that cultivates soil. Folks, more important was the fact that he could not remember the names of people who were quite familiar to him. At the funeral of his friend, the poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, Emerson commented to another person, that gentleman has a sweet, beautiful soul, but I have entirely forgotten his name. My friends, the loss of memory is a very sad thing. It cuts off from days gone by. It strips away the treasured residue of past experiences. It erases our personal history and leaves us unaccountably full of blank pages. Not long ago, um, when I was out and about doing some ministry work, I was visiting in the home of a delightful elderly woman who was a dear friend of my late mother. And periodically, of course, she had to talk about me as I was growing up and how bad a kid I was. But periodically in the course of our conversation, she would stop and after a moment's silence would remark, I forgot what I was going to say. And after this happened several times, she confessed, it's so humili- humiliating to have your memory go bad. My friend, certainly it is. It is unfortunate, it's inconvenient, and at times embarrassing not to remember. Yet without a doubt, For some people, the failure of memory is largely unavoidable. Folks, this is not always the case. Sometimes we are forgetful because we neglect that which has gone before us and become inattentive to those who preceded us. We center all of our attention only on our own time and place. We act as though the present is all that matters, and the past is some shabby thing that can be safely cast off and left behind like a worn-out pair of shoes. So here we are with Memorial Day upon us. And on this occasion, we are called to remember and respect those who have died, those whose days are gone.
1: And it is no surprise
0: to us that many people do not reflect upon the past during this holiday any more than they do on any other day. And in our age of ever-accelerating change, we don't tend to look to the past to find our wisdom. We view what has been as largely irrelevant to what is now. My, My dear friends, the ancients are not our models. We place little value in traditions and inherited customs. And so when Memorial Day rolls around, our thoughts do not automatically turn to the past and to the departed. Now, most people appreciate Memorial Day largely because it's an extra day off of work. But listen, folks, my purpose is not to be an advocate for a renewed practice of Memorial Day. This holiday is not expressly religious. It is secular. Nevertheless, it can serve to promote value that is elevated throughout the scriptures, and that value being the importance of remembrance. You see, a failure of memory is not just something which leads to personal inconvenience or social embarrassment. It is a spiritual danger. A failure of memory of those things which are most significant results in a failure of faith. Forgetfulness erodes the foundation of our relationship with God. If we take a quick scanning of the biblical documents it makes apparent the importance that is placed on remembering. And throughout the scriptures, we find references to monuments, memorial feasts, and ritually repeated stories, all of which serve to reinforce the sacred memory of the people of God.
1: In various ways,
0: the great saving acts of God were rehearsed and represented so that the people would not forget what God had done for their sake. So in the Old Testament lesson today, Joshua 4, verses 1 through 9, it stands as an example of this practice. It tells the story of the Israelites and their long-awaited entry into the promised land. And after 40 years of wilderness wandering, the people finally reached their destination. And folks, the swollen Jordan River blocked their way into the land, but
1: they did not stop. Now also the priests
0: who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, they began to place their feet in the river and the water ceased flowing. And the people crossed over on dry ground just as their forebears had when they escaped the Egyptians. And when they all finished passing over the Jordan, the leader of Israel, Joshua, had a simple monument built to commemorate the wondrous event. Friends, this served to remind the people that their progress, indeed their very existence, was in the hands of the living God. The Passover feast is another great example which Moses instituted was to serve a similar purpose. It was to remind the people that God had, and not they themselves, who brought their liberation from slavery in Egypt. And listen, with pounding existence, the call to remember is repeated throughout the scriptures. Remember that God called your father Abraham in his old age and promised him many children. Remember that you were in bondage in a foreign land and were freed by divine power. Remember, God brought Israel to greatness, though she was weak. The psalmist summed up the message well in Psalm 105, verse 5, where he says, Remember the wonderful works that God has done, God's great deed, and the judgments the Lord uttered, O offspring of Adam's Abraham, God's servant. My brothers and sisters, those who forgot the past fell into thanklessness. It is unlikely that we do any better. Folks, if we forget the value of our heritage and the source of our blessings, it will become very easy for us to take for granted all that we have and all that we are. It will be very easy for us to begin believing that we can make our own way without God. Friends, you see, with the blindness of pride, we will very likely begin trusting in our own wisdom and power rather than relying upon the guidance and might of our Maker then in our wrong-headed self-confidence, we will lose our way. For this very reason, it's crucial that we remember. And I, and I suppose every there's a lot of countries that have their own cultures and country that have their own memorials. And the best memorials, they happen to lift our sights above the mundane affairs of the moment, in order to focus our attention upon the highest aspirations and accomplishments of those who have preceded us. I think about when I was over in Afghanistan in Iraq, I the first thing I always thought about, of course, we thought about our families back home. But we remembered the guys that had paved the way for us, that made are things better than they were. But I always remember the camaraderie that each and every man had to watch one on another's back. Isn't that what we need to do for all of our veterans? Watch their backs? It is a shame because my dad and I know he's watching today. I set up a link for him to watch today. He could not be here. He was going to be here, but COVID restrictions. They had a COVID breakout at the nursing home that he's in. And I, Dad. I love you. 86 years old. You're coming up pop. Congratulations. 30 years of military service. He was a sergeant major. That is this, the next from the highest of command sergeants is the highest, but he did 30 years in Vietnam, and thank God I had a mom and dad, I had a mom, actually, that was strong enough to stay home and take just take care of us children and still be faithful to my father, God rest your soul, but when they, my dad told me stories about when they came home from Vietnam, they were told not to wear their uniforms on the plane because if somebody saw that they were a military person, our own people would spit on them. Call them names. They didn't get the respect they deserved till 20 years after the Vietnam conflict. Many men have went before and they left their lives where they were. To believe in one thing, and it was said in the pledge of allegiance: to believe that we are free, one nation under God, and that we needed to protect those values. Somebody asked me, I was in for twenty years, and if somebody asked me one time, "Would you do it again?" Absolutely. Even though I have a piece of metal in my back that reminds me every day of what happened, I was in a wheelchair when I first came home. I got five surgeries. I then went to a walker. And then I found God in my life, and He put me on a cane. Now I don't have a cane at all. God bless God. I feel the pain. I feel the pain when I try to do something that I'm not supposed to do. Sorry, Pastor (laughs) Sometimes he asks me, I I try to do something on my own and when I hurt myself, he says, you should have got help. Be smarter. That's the stubbornness in a military man. When we visit places like the Lincoln Memorial or Washington Monument, it is natural to Again, meditating upon the oppressive deeds and the high values of these forebears. I don't know, but I used to go to battlefields with my father when I was younger because I loved history. And he always said, if you stand still, you'll hear and be quiet, you'll hear the gunshots, and you'll hear the musketry, the solemn ground. And I think about those things any time I stand on a historical mind, and yours is something historic. I don't know if your mind's drifted into thinking of what that, what that might have been like at that time. But a lot of people struggled. Struggled for a way of life. They fought for it though. Because they knew that was what God had entitled them. To be free, to be themselves, to be who God had called them to be. My
1: friends, sometimes
0: memorials can, you know, they can serve less honorable purposes. Now, not only do memorials call attention to the best in the past, they also cover up the worst. And I know we've been seeing since all of the racial unrest that's been in this country that we have seen monuments be torn down of guys that, Believed in those values. That's the worst of what we need to believe. Men like men that were on the southern side of the Civil War. Other monuments. It was a time that was traumatic, but in the same respect. It made us remember one thing. Monuments, good or bad, they teach us what had happened and what not mistakes to make again. An impressive monument can bestow dignity upon a dubious endeavor or a questionable person of days gone by. And, and such memorials do not serve to the truth for they hide a lot of unflattering facts. And at times, the memorial itself can be greater than the person it is supposed to honor. Let me give you an example. Michelangelo's sculpture of the tomb of Pope Julius II is a magnificent creation. But the pope it was to pay tribute to was pretty much a scalability. But we don't want memorials to highlight the dark side of the past and the atrocities and the treacheries. We prefer our memorials to comfort and reassure us of what's about to come in the future rather than warn us or disturb our complacency or our perfect peace. Listen, my dear friends, sometimes dwelling on the past is a means of escaping the present and the disturbing prospects of the future. And sometimes we are tempted to glorify days gone by. I suppose we all know people who seem to continually talk about how great things used to be when life was simpler, friendships were closer, motives were more pure, morals were higher. And so, they call this, um, this is the, as I call it, a golden age syndrome. Now, for some people, the golden age was in the 1920s, and for others, it was the 1960s. But no matter what our favorite period may be, the problem of looking back to a golden age is that we distort the past, and we come to believe that the best days of our lives have already gone by. Everything else that follows is anti-climatic. Consequently, some people who are disappointed with the present and distressed over the future tend to live in the past. And their memories are always highly important to them. But they do not have hopeful memories. You see, folks, hopeful memories, that hopeful memory does not drag us into the past and lock us there. A hopeful memory does not tell us that the best of life is already coming on. Rather, it should be thrusting us into the future. I mean, look at our society today. All of this stuff, and you know, God created the internet, but he didn't create it for the reasons that are out there now. And YouTube and Twitter and whatever the other ones are. So many young people have come to see these things and believe that's what is best for their life. That's where we have to, as Pastor Ray told us a few weeks ago, we have to open our mouths and speak the word of God into their life. They do not recognize or do not know who God is. I was sitting in the VA a few weeks ago on an examination, and um, I went and had lunch in the nice lunch room they have up there, and I was saying grace. A little boy, no more than maybe six years old, seven years old, walked up to me and said to his mom, what's he doing? And I turned and said, I'm praying to God and thanking him for the wonderful food and meal that I'm about to have. We don't do grace in our house. and Who's God? It shocked me. Nothing should shock me in this day and age because we see a lot of things. But that really brought it home for me and what our jobs are. We have to get them away from this messed up things in society and and be mentors to them, help guide them and lead them in the right ways and the right things to do. And that starts with us and, of course, our younger people as well. We have some young people here today. That know who God is. That's where it starts. To spread the word to the next one, and to the next one, and to the next one. I don't know if you know it, but we are in our last days. We've had signs of it: the pandemic, all the unrest that's going on in the world, with wars going on all over the place. Our economic structure. Things that are happening that we see, the weather changes. Who ever thought we'd have snow in Tempe, Arizona? And this year, here, we had hardly any snow. Felt like spring all day. The polar ice caps are melting. Who ever heard of having a 65 degree day in Antarctica? Things are changing. And God's trying to tell us something. And it's time. For us to wake up and bring as many to him as we possibly can. You know, when the prophets of old called upon God's people and told them to remember the works that the Lord had done in the past, this was to prepare them for the future. They were not called upon to remember the past for its own sake. The practice was not self-indulgent diversions. Rather, they were to remember the wonders of the past so that their lives would be open to even greater wonders God would do for them in the future. For example, my friends, is the Lord's Supper. It's a hopeful memorial. It does not falsely glorify the past. When we partake of the bread and cup, we remember the broken and blood of the Lord. The broken body and blood of the Lord. Images come to mind of deceit, betrayal, and cruelty impose themselves upon us. That memorial feast confronts us with the disgusting fact that we humans are all too capable of striking out against true holiness and supreme goodness and treating it as demonic does not work out to our advantage. And that is not the kind of memory that we need to hold deep. But the Lord's Supper does more. It reminds us of the sacrificial love of God. It speaks to us of a love that will not let us go and reaches out to us despite our evil. Despite Satan. Yet, in the Lord's Supper, we see even more than that, Folks, we also see the promise of Jesus Christ that he will come again and that we will eat and drink anew with our Lord in the kingdom of God. And that's what the Lord's Supper points out is not only to the past, but toward that promised future as well. All of God's promises come true. There isn't a promise that he did not say in this book that did not come true. Revelations, it's coming true. We may not know the date. We may not know the hour. Only he knows that. But we are to remain diligent. Keep our eyes open and be ready. the future are made into vital, contemporary realities for us by the presence of Christ. The meal is a memorial that reinforces a hopeful memory. With Memorial Day upon us, it is proper to think of the past and of those who have gone from this world. But for those of us who are Christians, this is not Exclusively an exercise in looking behind and dwelling upon what has been. For well, we believe that more wondrous things are yet to come for these, for those people of faith who have already died. And we live in the light of the resurrection, and we believe that the death will, that death will not be. It's another journey. We have to get it right here before we go on to the next journey, our final journey. Live forever in peace and harmony in a land of milk and honey with our Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that most of our men and women in uniform that did pay the ultimate price knew that. As was Christ, Christ sacrificed and laid his life down for one's friends. And so do our men and women that go out and fight for this country each and every day. They don't know you. They don't know you. They may not know you. But they do it unselfishly because they believe in one value. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. You know, I was uh, at a funeral uh, many years ago,
1: and it was kind of
0: funny to me, because instead of singing Amazing Grace, the people attending the funeral were singing Happy Birthday. Never heard that before my dear friends, when a Christian dies, if you really stop to think about it, it is a birthday of sorts because death is not an ending but a new beginning. So my brothers and sisters, when we think of our brave dead on Memorial Day, let us do so with a hopeful memory for an amazing life and still what can await? Then, and the rest of us as well. I know where I'm going when that day comes. I'm ready. I know everyone here is ready. I don't fear death. No, I know I'm going up there and join Jesus at his table and his feast. Every day in peace, harmony, no sin, no pain. Woo. Just to think of that, Holy Spirit knows it's coming. Yes, see, Jesus laid down His life for us, and our veterans here today. I want to thank you for all you have done to keep our way of life intact. But remember, our dead as well. And please, never, ever forget them. Every time I hear taps, a tear forms in my eye. It's not a tear of sadness. It's a tear of joy. Because my brothers and sisters in uniform kept this country free, and kept us safe from war. What a great God we serve. Let us pray. O God, our Heavenly Father, you have blessed us with brave men and women who are willing to defend our freedom. May your protection and grace surround them each day. Let your healing hand be upon those who suffer wounds and injuries. May those who have made the ultimate sacrifice rest forever in your holy presence. Comfort the families who mourn and are left to remember the precious lives of their loved ones. And help us to honor and support them. Let us ever be mindful of each sacrifice. Made on behalf of the American people by our sons, our daughters, husbands, wives, mothers, fathers, and friends. And thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice that you made for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Move around with love and remembrance how we can remember those on this Memorial Day, those who serve and I'd be amiss to not mention remembering the greatest soldier of all, yes. the Lord Jesus yep. Christ, who did spiritual warfare for you and I, who laid down his life so that you and I can have life today. What an honor to be a part of that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. We thank you for every man woman who served our country. As we embark upon this Memorial Day, God, we thank you for you, being our king, being our Lord, being our example. God, as we're still fighting every day. But we say to you, remember us. Keep us into the kingdom of God. As you are Redeemer." We and doing some things over in our lives. We honor and welcome you. Wow. As we give our lives to you. We yield to your word. We
0: yield to your spirit.
1: God, I pray for someone that may be in the house today. I pray that their heart has been pricked. We remember and we honor, but God, without you, I believe that would be in vain. And so, God, I pray for someone today need the blessings of the Lord. And someone needs to be in the kingdom of God. He needs to receive you.
0: Now
1: there was a thief on the cross who hadn't done everything right. And he said, today, Lord, remember me. So I want to remind everyone in the audience that this isn't about having everything perfect and having everything right. But coming into a place of remembrance is That you serve a good God who loves you in spite of where you've been, in spite of what you've done. And he said, remember me today. Well, I want to tell you, he was the first one in the kingdom to go with Jesus that day. God remembered him. Right where he was. Hallelujah. You might be here today and you need God to remember you. I just want to touch and agree with you. I want to have Pastor Stephen pray over you. If that's you, I always want you to raise your hand, on up front. If you're here, if you're here. I think this is an opportunity for us to be here for you, for your need. Cost you nothing. It's just a willingness to be remembered coming to the kingdom, a willingness to come to the front line. If that's you, you can come. If you're here and you need healing in your body, I want you to come. We want to pray for you. We want to pray over you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah Thank you Give away So you Can you see Give Self boy show you.